0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson and welcome to Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. We've learned in past lessons that the Bible's moral protocol influenced the structure of American culture. But what happens when a secular culture influences the moral protocol of believers? We'll answer that question today, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. We'd like to thank everyone for the incredible response we've had in ordering our study guide. And you probably noticed that at this point in the study guide, we now have 33 descriptions of Babylon the Great instead of the 21 descriptions from our last show. The study guide is much more intuitive because we simply cannot pack any more info in our short 30-minute program. For those of you who have not received a study guide yet, we encourage you To go to our website at www.prophecyusa.org and you can order the guide it's a hundred page guide with graphics scriptures and over 53 demarcations unveiling america's role in bible prophecy at this point in our series it's very important to stress that god's covenant blessing of provision guidance and protection is still intact with the usa God loves His covenant with the United States of America. However, the problem within America is that not everyone loves its covenant with God. The enemies of this covenant are not coming. They're already here. These folks don't want God, prayer, the Ten Commandments, and they do not want the mandated moral lifestyle that keeps that covenant intact. However, prophecy tells us that God will empower believers to raise up a shout in Babylon the Great. This shout will warn everyone to come out of her, my people, and participate not in her sins. And those sins come from ancient Babylonian traditions. Listen as our narrator explains how spirits from ancient Babylon have invaded our culture and are seducing believers today.
1: In his admonition to the seven churches, Jesus says, I know your works. He is speaking to practicing Christians who are living during the last days, and he warns us today just as he warned them 2,000 years ago to let him who has ears hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. In essence, he is talking directly to modern-day believers. In researching the falling away, or apostasia of the churches the Angel of Revelation addressed, Ephesus, Sardis, and Smyrna, the next group of believers we will look at lived in Pergamos and Thyatira. In Revelation chapter 2 we read, These things I say unto Pergamos, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast them that hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to practice sexual immorality. So also some of you hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon and war against them with the sword of my mouth. But to the one who overcometh, I will give a new name. The fifth church who has a very similar problem with sexual immorality as Pergamos is the modern-day church of Thyatira. After affirming the righteous believers in Revelation 2, he continues to warn the rest of the church of Thyatira. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. The present-day churches of Pergamos and Thyatira have a problem with sexual immorality. But who exactly is Balaam, the Nicolaitans, and Jezebel?
0: Welcome back to Prophecy USA. Our narrator just described two out of seven churches that will appear in the very last days, Pergamos and Thyatira. Now, the word Babel means confusion. Babylon the great is filled with great confusion when it comes to sexual morality. Unfortunately, instead of the church influencing Babylon with the word of God, Babylon's concept of morality confuses the church. You know, Ecclesiastes says that there is nothing new under the sun. Jesus warns believers in the last days by referring to the moral issues Pergamos and Thyatira battled 2,000 years ago. But Jesus goes even further back into history, showcasing people in the Old Testament who literally destroyed themselves by participating in sexual immorality. Corinthians 10.10 says, We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. But these things happen to them as an example for our instruction. To the church of Pergamos, Jesus mentions Balaam and the Nicolaitans. Now who exactly is Balaam and what is a Nicolaitan? Balaam was a false prophet at the time of Israel's entrance into the Promised Land, approximately 1450 B.C. Forty years after Moses delivered the children of Israel from Egypt, Joshua brought them into the promised land and was immediately opposed by the Moabites who were living in that land. Numbers 22 describes how King Balak of Moab offered to pay Balaam money to curse the invading Israel army. However, God intervened by literally speaking to Balaam through the voice of a donkey, warning him not to curse the children of Israel. Now, Balaam obeyed the Lord much to King Balak's uh, dislike. And Israel eventually defeated the Moabites, but Balaam, the false prophet, convinced the Israelites not to kill the Moabite women, but instead take them as wives. And those wives eventually led Israel's men into embracing their pagan gods. Those worship ceremonies involved sexual activity with multiple partners as they worship the ancient Babylonian God known as Baal. Numbers 25, one through three tells us, and Israel abode in Shittim. And the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they, the daughters of Moab, called the men of Israel unto the sacrifices of their God. And the men of Israel did eat and bowed down to their gods and Israel joined himself unto Baal. Now believers today who practice Balaam's tactics are motivated by a total lack of understanding of sexual involvement with anyone outside the bond of holy matrimony. It's actually a form of defiance against God's laws. It's putting your sensual appetite ahead of God's moral code of ethics. The doctrine of Balaam is a doctrine of defiance. Now, in Revelation 2.15, it explains that the doctrine of the Nicolaitans work hand-in-hand with the practice of Balaam. Verse 15 says, Some of you hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Now, this doctrine works from the top down within church structure, by leadership actually teaching heresies to those who follow them. The initiator of this problem began with a man called Nicholas of Antioch. In Acts chapter 6, verse 5, Nicholas was a leader or a deacon within the church of Antioch. He converted from paganism to Judaism and eventually to Christianity. However, Nicholas taught a doctrine of compromise, implying that total separation between Christianity and the practice of pagan rituals was not necessary. He taught a perverted form of grace. Now, Nicholas of Antioch was immersed in pagan occultism, and he had no problem seducing and teaching Christian believers to participate with him in those immoral practices. Now, the name Nicolaitan is derived from two Greek words. The first is Nikos, which means to conquer or subdue. The second word is laos, which means laity. Nicolaitan is a dual-meaning adjective describing religious leaders who conquer and subdue believers of Christ by enticing them to leave sound doctrine and appealing to their fleshly desires. Jesus despised the doctrine of and the deeds of the Nicolaitans he knew that following their teachings would lead a person to utter destruction. Hebrews 12, 1 says, "Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us." Now the Greek word for beset it literally means controls or obstructs us from entering into God's blessings. So what are some of the present-day Nicolaitan doctrines? That would obstruct us for, from entering into god's will today we have a liberal progressive church leaders who defy and deny basic christian doctrines concerning the virgin birth of jesus the death and resurrection of jesus the necessity of repentance from sin they even deny the existence of an eternal hell for not repenting of that sin 2 Timothy 4.3 says the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears and will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn many away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 1 John 4.1 says to believe not every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Did you know that God actually encourages us to test and discern what people are teaching you? And the litmus test is always the Word of God. So how do we test these spirits with the Word of God? Stay tuned and we'll be right back to answer that question.
1: 4,000 years ago, an antichrist religion was birthed in ancient Babylon. Yet Joshua overcame it, Gideon overturned it, Elijah overwhelmed it, and Josiah overthrew it. This vile religion demands a rejection of God's commandments, a defiance of God's morals, a resurgence of Ashtoreth poles with rampant immorality, and the shedding of innocent blood that cries out for judgment. These are the signs of a nation seduced by Baal worship. But what is the answer? 2,000 years ago, innocent blood was shed for you, But will America come back? Will she seek God's forgiveness or will she suffer his judgment? Prophecy USA proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy. 1-888-306-1759 Or go online to prophecyusa.org right now.
0: Welcome back we just studied about the false prophet Balaam and how he was used in the Old Testament to deceive Jewish believers into following after Baal worship. However Jesus warns us that the same deception Baal achieved would be utilized in the last days by false teachers called Nicolaitans. Their teachings would seduce Christians away from the Word of God. Remember 1 John 4 says test the spirits whether they be from God but how do we test the spirits and what are some of the modern-day myths that the Nicolaitan teachers are teaching today what are they saying about Jesus and the Judeo-Christian values that our society was built upon Paul states in Romans ten nine, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. John 14 says, When the Holy Spirit has come, he will draw all men unto me. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the most speaketh. If a spiritual leader does not preach the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, They are teaching you a Nicolaitan doctrine. This is not the spirit of Christ coming out of that vessel. It's another spirit. 1 John 4, 3 says, Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Remember, Jesus said, if we confess Him as Lord and believe in our hearts that God has raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. But saved from what? Paul admonished us in Philippians 2.12 to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now why would the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament tell us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? Proverbs 1.7 and 1.8 says that fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Did you know that according to Isaiah 11, fear is one of the seven spirits or characteristics of God's presence. It means to have a holy reverence and that the Messiah would supernaturally manifest those seven characteristics in his life. Isaiah 11:2 2 prophesied and the spirit of the Lord would rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and fear. Now in Luke 14, Jesus referred to Isaiah when he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord however according to Isaiah 11:3, Jesus would delight himself in the fear of the Lord now you might be thinking That you've heard the scripture in 2 Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. But there are two types of fear in the Bible. There's a worldly fear and there's a godly fear. 1 John 4.18 says perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. That's talking about a worldly fear. But Jesus distinguished the two fears in this way. In Matthew 10, 28, he said, Don't fear man, which can kill the body, but rather fear God, who can destroy both your body and your soul in hell. Jesus mentions hell four specific times in the book of Revelation. Revelation 21:8 says, The cowardly, the abominable, murderers, immoral persons, sorcerers, idolaters and all liars will have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death since Jesus himself warned us of hell how can modern-day teachers deny that hell exists obviously it's another spirit at work and I'll give you a hint it's not the Holy Spirit but the good news of the gospel is that Jesus tells us that we can have victory over worldly fear by walking first in godly love. When we walk in perfect love, we overcome the fear of man. You know, in Revelation 2.11, it says, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death for greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world if you want to be an overcomer you must be able to cast down the doctrines of the nicolaitan spirit you have to decide to either fear god and follow the word or fear man and follow the herd the nicolaitan spirit however operates within babylon the great in order to push believers towards their secular humanist group think ideology. Now the suffix word phobia is defined as an excessive fear. Sometimes it's an irrational fear of something. And there's an undeniable fear of man today within our North American culture if you do not follow the herd of modern day liberalism. You'll be falsely accused of a multitude of phobias if you don't agree and comply to the liberal agendas. Specific terminology and name-calling is used, and it's all based on the fear of man. Now, we've already discussed some of those terms used against Bible protocol. For example, if, if you're against Islamic terrorism, you'll be called Islamophobic. If you're for traditional marriage, you might be called homophobic. But this is just the tip of the iceberg for how modern-day Babylonian society and the Nicolaitan spirit are trying to bully believers from following God's word. But there's a lot more to these spiritual tactics in this. So stay tuned, we'll be right back.
1: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth for he raises up kingdoms and he deposes kingdoms. But what about America? the most prolific nation in the history of mankind, the most productive nation to ever exist, the most powerful military that has ever been created with the most advanced technology known to man. Circling the globe, monitoring the airwaves, dominating the internet, not since man's first breath has any nation achieved such greatness. But is this lady of kingdoms in the Bible? Have past generations foretold of her existence? Prophecy USA is proud to present their latest study guide providing over 50 biblical references describing the past, the present, and the future of this great nation. Joining the dots that unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. To order your copy of the Prophecy USA study guide, call 1-888-306-1759 or go to prophecyusa.org.
0: Call today. Welcome back to Prophecy USA. We've been talking about Balaam and Nicolaitan leadership and how they would infiltrate the modern-day believers of Pergamos. However, Jesus mentioned some new names with regard to the church of Thyatira. Revelation 2.14 states, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality. So who exactly is Jezebel and why is she called a prophetess? In 850 B.C., Jezebel was queen of Israel with King Ahab during the time of Elijah's ministry. Now Jezebel was originally from Phoenicia and promoted Baal worship throughout Israel, which Jesus referred to as the deep things of Satan. Now Jezebel's death was prophesied by Elijah when she was literally thrown out of a window plunging to her death and the dogs came and licked her blood in the streets of Jerusalem. But exactly what is Baal worship? In 3000 BC, King Nim- Nimrod and Queen Semiramis reigned in ancient Babylon along the Euphrates River where current-day Iraq exists today. This, of course, is where the Tower of Babylon was built. And according to the Bible Knowledge Commentary, Queen Samarimus claimed to become pregnant with a son while she was still a virgin. And from the deifying of this son came the fertility god known as Baal. Now, Baal's counterpart was the female goddess Asherah. And the worship of the fertility, fertility goddess Asherah was carried on throughout the centuries by a multitude of nations. Now, Asherah was worshipped by driving a pole into the ground, which historians believe were carved into the image of a woman. Both female and male sodomite prostitutes were involved in the worship ceremonies. These rituals around the poles involve multiple forms of sensual activity, stimulating worshippers to either watch or even participate in various sexual acts with the prostitutes or with each other. Now, every generation of Judeo-Christian believers has had to overcome this spirit. In 1600 B.C., Joshua battled Baal worshippers when the children of Israel entered into the Promised Land. In 1150 B.C., God instructed Gideon to tear down the altar of Baal and literally cut down the Asherah poles in his fight with the pagan Midianites. 300 years later, in 850 B.C., at Mount Carmel, Elijah called down fire from heaven and single-handedly slew 450 of Queen Jezebel's prophets of Baal. Asherah became Ishtar, both in Egypt and in historical Babylon of 600 B.C. The Greeks in 500 B.C., called her Aphroditus. The Romans in 70 A.D. referred to her as Venus, and in Ephesus she was worshipped as Diana. In 670 B.C., King Josiah received 40 years of blessing upon the land of Israel because he thoroughly purged Israel from the sin of Baal worship. Did you know there's approximately 3,500 strip clubs in North America proudly raising the pole of Asherah? But today the polls aren't carved into the image of a woman. Nationwide we have over 350,000 women hanging on those poles, generating an annual industry gross income of 2.5 billion dollars. Did you know that the word bail in Hebrew literally means master? Millions of men are addicted slaves to this master watching daily at their altars of bail even within their own households viewing over 246 million pages of pornography provided freely through the internet and within the 13 billion dollar global pornographic film industry Hollywood is the number one producer completing one pornographic movie every 37 minutes 24 hours a day seven days a week our Lady of Kingdoms truly has become the Lady of Pornography, just as prophecy said she would. And believers in the church of Thyatira were deceived by sexual inter- immorality then and there, just as the general populace are deceived today in the here and now by the same Babylonian spirits of Baal worship. But the warning Jesus gave us in Revelations 2.22 is this those who commit adultery with Jezebel, I will throw into a great tribulation, except they repent. And this brings us to the next three countdowns of Babylon's descriptions. Number 34, she has believers of Pergamus and Nicolate and Nicolaitan, teachers of Baal within her. She has believers of Thyatira manipulated under the spirit of Jezebel. And 36, she has over 3,500 asterisk poles located in every state of the union, firmly establishing temples of Baal worship throughout the nation. You know, our team at Prophecy USA are mandated to raise up a shout concerning the secret things that God's word declares is coming to America. But what God has in store for those who follow him and those who follow Baal will simply take your breath away. So don't miss next week's program. We're out of time. This is Prophecy USA. My name is Rick Pearson reminding you that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is alive, and he's coming back much sooner than you may think. See you next week. Shalom.